Well, tonight's show is all about the Brownlow Medal. It's going to be held on Sunday night in Perth. It's going to be a fantastic uh, event. Um, the winner of the 1999 Brownlow Medal, he's joined us right now, and that's Shane Crawford. G'day, Croft. You there, mate? Yes. Oh, how are you, buddy? I got lost. You got lost. You're with us now, though. Yes, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> You're not driving your way up here, eh? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> You're probably on the getaway in some uh, luxurious place of uh, Australia somewhere, if you're allowed. No, well, I'm not allowed, no. I'm actually at home. I'm um, I'm not allowed outside this, the gate, so I'm just at home. I've been painting all afternoon. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Well, your house is on the market anyway. Well, that's right. You've got to keep it tidy. So, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Um, now, tell us, um, we were talking Brownlow medals tonight um, and, you know, we've got huge guests lined up, but tell us about your experience with the Brownlow medal, mate. You won it in 1999. Um, you were a heavy favourite to win it. Did that affect you at all? Oh, it was torture. Um, like, because obviously you want to win the Brownlow medal. Um, any player that says that they don't, well, they're kidding themselves, but, um, you know, so it's, it was a childhood dream to play AFL football and to win a Brownlow medal and being favourite and hot favourite, um, you just feel as though you're going to disappoint everyone if you actually don't win, um, including yourself. So, yeah, I definitely felt the pressure and you just don't know what the umpires are thinking because, you know, if you get... Yeah, if you get an umpire on a bad day and you say a few things to him at times, which you could back then, yep. you just don't know how that works out. Um, and I can assure you, if I was umpiring and the best player out there on the day, you know, kept giving me a bit of cheek, I wouldn't give him three votes. So you just don't know what the umpires are thinking. Yeah, Crawford was here. That was your, also your first year as captain of Hawthorne. And to come out and have such a great year, you must be pretty proud of that. Well, I was very lucky. I had a good ruckman in Paul Salmon, so he used to hit the ball down my throat, so that certainly helped. And, um, yeah, as a captain, I, I sort of always felt that if I train hard and, and show that, you know, I'm extremely dedicated and try and lead by example by winning the footy and, and um, you know, doing it that way, I felt that was the best way that I could possibly lead. So, um, yeah, so it was a great honour to be the captain and obviously having a good year. A lot of people forget. Everyone thinks about me winning the Brownlow. No, uh, night. We also won the uh, night premiership at the start of the year. <laughs> well, we yeah, got that there on your on your bio <laughs> for sure. How do, how do you go with uh, the functions when you got to share the limelight with another number nine at Hawthorne and Dipper, and both of you flash your Brownlow around? Uh, well, I don't even try and compete with Dipper because. Um, <laughs> We all know he won his Brownlow and he probably shouldn't have because he got carried by a really good team, whereas... Um, no, <laughs> whereas you carried he, the uh, team, yeah. <laughs> he, he, um, he's larger than life, so uh, you definitely don't try and compete with him and you just let him go. And I love him because he's up and about and he's just full of energy and he's very passionate about the number nine and we're so lucky that the great Sean Burgoyne, um, oh, yeah. you know, wore that number... So well, so uh, it's been a great number and a very lucky number for uh, Hawthorne. Will you? Would you have a say in where it goes next, you guys, or is that you leave that to the club? And... No, no, no. The club. Um, no, when, when, actually, it's funny. When I finished, 
they said, um, what do you want to do with the number? And I said, uh, I said, you, you do whatever you want to do with it. You know, you guys know what's best. And then I said, oh, Cyril Rioli's pretty good. You know, it'd be good. <laughs> so they asked him and Cyril said, nah, I don't want the number. <laughs> 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 one he, thing he I'd uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Oracle here, Croft. One thing I'll say about you, and I, I did watch your career from afar because I'm an Essendon supporter, don't hold that against me. But you just seem like a very, very determined person. Like you were never going to accept that you were going to finish your career without a premiership. You never, ever, uh, and I, I don't know the answer to this, but I'd imagine you're the type of guy that at training you'd never accept second best. And you would just put in the effort and the work until you got what you wanted. And, and ultimately, you got that in the premiership. But you were never going to retire until you had it. No, and, and that's one thing, you know, I was very taught from my mother was um, if you want to do anything, you've got to work hard and put everything into it. And, and yeah, I was, I was extremely determined. Um, I trained hard. You know, I was super competitive. Always wanted to win regardless of whatever we were doing. Um, these days, I don't really care, but um, but definitely, you know, I had a, a pretty strong mindset and um, a never say die attitude. And regardless of you know how many times you're getting knocked down, or regardless of how things are going, um, you know, I was always fairly determined. I was probably like that little Jack Russell who gets a hold of your leg and just won't let go. Um, <laughs> We know what else the Jack Russell's doing, though. <laughs> what? Chasing snakes? What are they doing? <laughs> Some of them, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, so that was pretty much it. Like, you could flick me off, but I'll always hopefully keep coming back and just keep hanging in there. It's all about persistence and, and hard work. And, and Croft, you just said then that you, you don't sort of care so much now. I think that's a bit of a throwaway. Your, your life after football, one with your media commitments and then on the TV, etc., but also what you've been given back to the community. And even now you can see you're on the ad about sort of life balance and health. Um, you've got to be also proud of that. And sort of where you're at now... Is that now, the ad where he's running? Yeah, he does a bit you of running like for you You'll have been in a good paddock, Croft. That meal looks oh, all right, mate. Though. Seriously, I'm like, why did they put that running shot? I said, it <laughs> looks like I'm running for McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got a good but, life balance you know, at the moment, Croft? I... I try to, yeah, definitely. That's the key with it all. But I think we always, we always struggle with it, you know, because you put mad, crazy work and life and family, and it's very hard to uh, to always feel reasonably balanced. But you know, I think that the key with with me is I, I need to see my mates. I need to, uh, you know, even if it's for half an hour, an hour, even if we go for a walk or have a hit of tennis or we just talk some crap. Um, or, or hang, you know, hang it on each other. Um, you know, I, I find that that sort of really is, is you know, really, really important um, with everything else as well. So, um, yeah, you work it out as you go and you always... I don't know, for a long time I felt like uh, one of those jugglers who used to spin the plates and you'd, you'd spin a plate over here and then you'd spin your plate there and that plate there would be your family and this plate over here would be your football and this plate would be, uh, you know, your, your school friends. And I always felt like, you know, you're diving for another plate to try and spin it. So yeah. you, you're, just, you're always just balancing, trying to work it all out. But hopefully as you get a bit older, you, you suss it out a bit better and you can hopefully feel in a bit more control. 
And you, Crawf, you're great, mate. Sammy Newman. Uh, he's obviously had a bit of, uh, you know, a tough time of late. Will we see him back in the media? Because uh, I think most of us love love the bloke. Yeah, we love him. He does his podcast with Don Scott. And I must admit, I do tune in and I do have lots of laughs because those two go at each other the whole time. <laughs> it's and, um, it's, uh, it's quite entertaining. But... Um, Unfortunately, I think I think we won't see much of him on TV anymore. Um, just because I think most of the channels are too scared <laughs> at uh, Sam being Sam, and they just don't want to go there and fight those battles. But uh, I absolutely love working with him. I was always so excited when we we're doing live TV because you just really didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know what type of mood he was in or what he was thinking. So. I absolutely loved it, and um, yeah, I, I appreciate my time that I got to to certainly see, you know, see him at his very best, and see him, you know, expressing all the time. The amount of times I had to go into Channel Nine and sit down with the lawyers and 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 be educated <laughs> on why you shouldn't say things and do things. And Sam would be in those meetings purely because he was the one saying it. So um, <laughs> it did make me laugh deep down. Some of the others, like Gary Lyon, used to get angry and, and frustrated at having to come in all the time, whereas I just sort of loved it, just went along for the ride, and I thought, gee, they should be filming this right now because Sam would be arguing with the lawyers over what he should be able to say and can't say. And, um, I just... I just sit back, poking him, going, "Keep going, Sam, keep going." <laughs> oh, a little Jack Russell again. He's certainly controversial, but a great man he was, and you know that's what we watch telly for. And you know, you could see you and him are pretty close. So it's it's pretty sad to see what's what's happened to the fella. But oh well, hopefully he's. You send our regards from uh, ninety nine point one, will you? Yeah, absolutely. No, he, he's still floating around. He's pretty passionate about his podcast, and I said to him they should be filming it. Because um, it's actually very, very entertaining. You got two two guys who are wonderful footballers, but then they get a special guest in, and the guest's always pretty good. And then, unfortunately for the guests, they don't know what's going on half the time because they start <laughs> swearing at each other and and I must watch having it. a go at each hilarious. other. And yeah. um, it is. It's like oh, these guys are crazy, and it's real. Yeah, and that's the great thing about it. What, what do you think about the football sort of landscape at the moment, including the media and, and football itself? Well, I love a good game of footy. Um, you know, I still think football is as good as ever, especially when there's, you know, some nice close games. We saw the Western Bulldogs and Brisbane Lions only a couple of weeks ago, and that was a fantastic game. One-sided games I'm not a fan of. Um, but apart from that, you know, I, I admire the players and the skill level they've got, especially under pressure, because they've got so much pressure in the way the team zone and, and structure up these days. It's sort of like rapid fire. There's always a player coming at you, so you've got to you've got to think smart and you've got to maintain possession and try and hit a target by foot and by hand when you're under enormous pressure and when it's not easy to do. So I admire the players. I love the game. It's a great game and. I just don't like one-sided games. No, no, I don't think anyone does. But what um, huge news uh, this year for the Hawks was uh, Alistair Clarkson um, being, you know, sort of demoted and then obviously um, exited from the Hawks. Pushed. Pushed out, yeah. What, what was your take on it? <laughs> I'd like to be pushed and paid a million bucks just to sit out for a year. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, there is that side of it. Yeah. No, he, he, um, he is remarkable. He's a wonderful coach. Um, I was so lucky to play under him for four years. and um, it, It's very hard being a coach to try and get every player 
and because you've got all different ages and everyone's wanting to achieve their very best, um, to get them all thinking of the team first and, and putting the team um, first in every action that they do, especially out on the field, not easy to do. So um, I really admire as a coach. Obviously, Hawthorne decided that they needed you know, a coach that wanted to be there for the next five to six years, and they thought Sam Mitchell was that. They, and I suppose Clarko was probably... Um, not sure whether or not he, he wanted to be there for the next five or six years, so Hawthorne had to obviously make a decision. Um, it was a bit messy, wasn't handled very well, and Hawthorne's a really good footy club, and they got it wrong. Um, I think Jeff Kennett gets in there and stirs everyone up as well, so that certainly adds to it. But um, I have no doubt he'll coach again, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but he's obviously going to have... Uh, some time out, freshen up, and then he'll come back and I have no doubt he'll be coaching an AFL side probably by the end of next year, which will be good. And then obviously your teammate in your premiership year, um, Sam Mitchell, um, do you reckon he'll make a really good coach for the Hawks? Well, Sam grew up, um, you know, out Ringwood Way. Um, He's probably listening right now, so I'm going to say no. Nah, he's going to be a terrible coach. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no, he'll he'll be awesome. The great thing about Sam is he was coaching when he went over to West Coast on field um, as an on field player, and then he was an assistant coach. And obviously, they won the premiership, and he was in charge of the midfield. Went to Box Hill um, and got it. He was in charge of his own team, and um, and then yeah, obviously got the 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 opportunity to coach the Hawks. So he'll be, he'll be great. He's, uh, he loves kicking goals. Like, he, he really likes his teams to kick a lot of goals. So expect uh, expect Hawthorne to have a real attacking style of footy next year. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. the way we like it. Yeah, we like that. We do. Um, and also, um, how did you, in, in 19... No, sorry, 1998. Uh, 2008, Shane. Um, how did you deal with grand final week? Um, I know it was... I don't know whether you were leading into it and knowing that it was going to be your last game or not, but how did you um, approach it? Yeah, I, I hadn't actually decided that it was going to be my last game, but I... Um you know, I, I sort of knew that I wasn't far off. Um, m- m- more so mentally. I, physically, my, leg, uh, my knee wasn't great. I needed a bit of time off, but mentally, I was like, oh, I think, I've, I think I'm almost at the end. But um, like, you got to just enjoy it. You know, it's a great opportunity to be a part of a grand final. We wanted to win the grand final, not necessarily be a part of it. And we, uh, we had a, a really good finals run. Like, we won all our games that we played really convincingly. Some of those games, you know, we virtually had one by half time, which is which is not easy in finals. So we knew that we were in really good form and um, we just knew that the, there was no pressure on us because no one really expected us to win apart from ourselves. So um, we just knew that we just had to go for it and, um, and see what we could do. And, you know, Buddy Franklin um, that year kicked 100 goals, uh, but in the grand final, he's He's virtually told he needed to be a bit of a decoy for us and push up the field and create two-on-ones and, you know, just all that selfless play that you need to happen for your team to to win. So, um, yeah, so it all worked out really well and um, it was just a a wonderful day for the Hawthorne supporters. Did you ever think about coaching yourself, Croft? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, I... I was at Hawthorne, I started at Hawthorne and we, we made the finals initially and then we went through a period where 
we struggled and we almost disappeared, almost merged with Melbourne. So you got um, the Demons and the Hawks and you, you get the Dorks. So yes. it was never going to work. Um, <laughs> and then... And then we struggled as a football club, and unfortunately, you know, we had, you know, coaches that were, were sacked, and they were putting everything into it and trying their very best, you know, from the great Peter Knights and, and Peter Swab and, and Ken Judge. Yeah, everyone's trying their very, very best, but um, that sort of cemented in my head that unless you can get all the players on the same page and, and always thinking um, about being a team player 100% of the time it's it's a very very tough job and a very very stressful job especially with the, the media attention like I, I can still remember Alistair Clarkson won his third premiership in a row and the following year the Hawks were struggling a little bit I remember reading a couple of articles saying oh I think it's time for him to go <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you bloody serious so it's just a lot of pressure even when you are winning and um I've had that enough as a player. I don't need that as a coach. Oh, I think you've come out of it quite well to get a few uh, gigs staying at some luxury places, eating some fine foods <laughs> and mixing oh. that way. I think you've come out of it quite well. Well, his resume is only going to build from today, boys. Uh, oh, he's now going to add a... Uh, I was invited by Yarra Valley FM Correct. onto the radio. That's it. Guest appearance. That's, that is going to be in bold in your CV, isn't it, Crawl? That's going to be on Wikipedia. Well, that's it. You know, I've been lucky enough to travel the world, um, you know, some travel shows and went to South Africa and Antarctica with Getaway and I've got to meet the Queen and now I'm going to put you Tough with right to the top of the list. So, uh, that'll be right at the top. As soon as you read my Wikipedia page, that'll be the first thing that pops up. You're a man. Who's your tip for the brown That's what I'm talking uh, about. Um... I, I reckon it's really tough because yeah. uh, I think I think it could be multiple winners. But Clayton Oliver's had a, a wonderful year, and, and my, my only worry with him is that Christopher Trucker was so good last year. You just wonder whether or not you know because he did kick goals, and I know the umpires will look at you know him kicking goals, and he still had a wonderful year himself. So it's like will they take votes off each other? Bontempelli for the last three years, Bontempelli. He's up against McRae. McRae's always finished ahead of him in the brown line. Yeah. And, you know, Bontempelli's had another great year, but McRae's averaging 35 or 6 touches a game. So, yeah. you know, he, will he take votes off him? So, And then you see this week that the AFL are looking to try and get Adelaide and Port Adelaide players to Perth for Ooh, the brown low. Is that right? So I'm thinking, oh, does that mean Ollie Wise is going to win? Yeah. Because really? Are they going to sort of go through that sort of nightmare they've already been through to to have representation so I'm thinking mm. maybe maybe Ollie Wines is going to win oh, nice. <laughs> okay. there's there's info. there you go so I didn't realise that so that's that's huge so yeah make sure you know, gonna be tight. responsibly what about the game itself Croft got a tip <coughs> and where's yeah. it won <coughs> be careful well, here mate you might not be invited on the show again <laughs> if you tip the other one ignore him Croft Oh, no, well, that, that, that's the story, that a Melbourne winning um, would be quite remarkable. But it would also be nice of them to put up a good effort, uh, not get across the line, and then come back next year better than ever and win at the MCG in front of their home supporters. That would be nice. pretty yeah, good be as nice. well. But yeah. I, I, thought, again. I thought Melbourne, but I just... Oh, the Bulldogs are a good team, and, and even last week I thought the Bulldogs... 
I thought there was three teams that could win the grand final going into last week's match, and the only one was obviously Geelong that I didn't think could win. Um, and then the Bulldogs come out and do that to Port Adelaide, who, like, obviously were reading their own publicity mm-hmm. in two weeks because they played accordingly, and um, I'm sure that's something that's going to haunt them because we know they're much better than that. And I just think they're going to get tested for the Bulldogs... Um, in the wet really sort of toughened them up a bit because they had to go and win the hard pill and then follow up against the Brisbane Lions who were on the rebound but feeling good about themselves Um, and then to do that against Port Adelaide um, I just thought that was very very convincing I think Stephen Martin is so important and I think Luke Beveridge is a pretty remarkable coach because when they did win their premiership against the Swans one thing I noticed because Luke Beveridge did coach against he coached Buddy Franklin as a forward for the Hawks for a couple of years but he, he just had him boxed in so every time Buddy Franklin got the ball in the grand final he was virtually had a, a box formation around him and he just couldn't have any space to work into and I felt that that pretty much won them the game. Yeah. So you just wonder how Luke Beveridge goes about it with Melbourne because, um, you know, I, I really think it's going to be a bit of a game of chess as well. So I, I do think it's going to come down to, you know, very, very much the last five minutes of the game. I think it's going to be one of those games because they match up really well against each other and yeah, they're both beating each yeah. other this year. But... I'm just. I think the Bulldogs can win. I do. I just think the Bulldogs. He's a smart man. This fella. Um, yeah, they're, they're sort of the underdog. They're using that as a real incentive, and they might come out and just try and. Uh, they love it too. They love it, don't they? Find a way to yeah to negate the demons. But in saying that, how good are the demons? I absolutely love them. So yeah, um, yeah I think we're going, we're set for an absolute ripper. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, as you said, to. you could have been a demon crook if they had emerged. So um, you know. <laughs> It, you know, you could have been. I told you they would have been the dogs. They would have been the dogs. Would have been the. Been they could have been, the, so. been the He-Man's. Croft, you want to see this jumper he's got in here tonight? It's a Melbourne footy jumper. It's one of those Christmas jumpers. You know the ones that have all got the funny colours, and knitted, whatnot? the ugly sweater, the knitted ones. ones? Oh, he looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous, no, mate. You, <laughs> you've got to enjoy it. Passionate. You've got to be passionate, and um, you've got to be into it. And you know, I, I'm just I, like the thing is, we're lucky to, that I've been able to play footy, and you can actually make people happy like if the team performs well and you win you can actually you know you can make the supporters you know fill up with absolute joy so um so that, that's the great thing about the demons doing so well and obviously making a grand final is you know there's a lot of people out there have never seen them win a premiership and that's you know that'll be pretty special if that can happen and i'll tell you what you're hot favorites mm-hmm. so uh, it's very much a chance to happen, so it would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool, as it was for us, uh, Croft. Uh, it was fantastic to chat to you tonight, mate. I love getting your insight of your footy career and stuff, mate. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. I'm just working on my Wikipedia page right now. Thanks, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mate. Yes. Uh, just put in there you're a legend. Just put it down. You're a legend, mate. Yep. Right up to the top. Uh, good <laughs> Thanks, you're a good mate. man. Good luck Thanks, with the house sale. Oh, yes, you can buy it if, if you'd like. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Out of my league. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Gorf. See you, mate.